The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Monday edition of BFTPM. Free agency is upon us. Shereen Williams, Mike Florio here. We're five hours into whatever you want to call it, the legal tampering period, the negotiating window, whatever you call it, it's the start of free agency because even though they started this thing, I don't know, Shereen, seven, eight years ago with the intention of acknowledging that tampering happens, it has become, as a practical matter, the beginning of free agency because minutes after the noon Eastern window came and went. That's when we started hearing about these deals and they've been happening all day. Last year, there were 27 on the first day. And by the time free agency officially opened on Wednesday at 4 Eastern, 82 of the 85 top 100 PFT free agents (laughs) had agreed to terms. So free agency is here. And who knows what's happened by way of new acquisitions just in the two minutes we've been on the air. Yeah, but they didn't start talking till today. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Right, Mike? It's because we know these deals get done ahead of time. They were ready to roll. And I always, always think I'm prepared for today. I'm never prepared for today. I mean, it's just been rolling today. Well, and we, we know that it's not even a joke anymore. We know the tampering happens. We know that the conversations occur. We know the deals are negotiated. There's no way you can get multi-million dollar... <laughs> deals done in 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. You hear about them as soon as free agency begins. That's just the way it is. And the big splash today came from a team that rarely makes big splashes. It's been twice in the past 20 years where there's been a big money expenditure by the Patriots. One of them came after the market got going with Stephon Gilmore. They paid market value. Adelius Thomas, if you remember that, Shereen, in 2007 is another one. But today it was boom, bang, pow from John U. Smith, the tight end from the Titans. Matthew Judon, the pass rusher from the Baltimore Ravens. Jalen Mills gets signed by the Patriots, a defensive back on a four-year deal. And Davin Godchow, the Dolphins defensive tackle, all join the Patriots all today. Now, remember, none of these deals are official until after Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. But I've never seen the Patriots spend this kind of money in that period of time. No, me either, Mike. It was 140 last check. They may have signed somebody by now, but last check, $146 million spent today, $81.25 million guaranteed. That is more than we see the Patriots usually spend in free agency. I think this means, Mike, that they think they need some additions and they're close, right? They've re-signed Cam Newton, think he'll be better in the offense. They're getting those players back who opted out, aside from Marcus Cannon, who they've who they've since traded. But I think Bill Belichick thinks he's building a team here, Mike, that can contend for the division title uh, going forward after these moves. But we know free agency is not the way you build a team, right? It's through the draft. So you still need to draft well and get those young players to, to play valuable snaps for you, if not make make valuable starts for you, Mike. 
Well, and that's exactly the message I take away from this. This is a team that was frustrated by what happened last year. And even though a lot of people look at the Patriots and they have an attitude as if New England bottomed out at 3-13 and 13 or something like that, they were still 7-9. Seven and nine. Seven They were and nine. still very much alive going into the mid to late part of December. And there aren't many games you could point to and say, well, if that one had gone differently, if that one had gone differently, they're a playoff team. You take away the Cam Newton COVID-19 bout that he had that kind of screwed everything up. They had the Chiefs on the ropes early in the season, the game that Cam Newton missed. This is a team that is not far away. And whether it was intentional or coincidental, they managed to compile a ton of cap space. Tom Curran was on with us on Friday. He suggested it just was serendipitous. I still think at some point, even though it may have started by happenstance, it became a happening for the Patriots, and they decided we're going to embrace this. We're going to live this. We're going to run with this, and next year we're going to be in a position to spend when others can't. I'm still surprised, though, that they went all in so quickly. I thought the approach would be wait and let the market soften and go out and bargain shop. Maybe they'll do both. But they make those big splashes right out of the gates with Judon, Godshaw, Mills, and Smith. And they're going to be better. They're instantly going to be better. Now, we know that few teams go out and buy a championship in free agency. But when you consider the unique dynamics of this season and where the Patriots currently are, this is, this is what they're doing to improve the team. Oh, and they have a date with Tom Brady at some point this year. Don't think that's not part of this. They have to get the house in order before the prodigal son returns home. And they don't want to slay the fatted calf. They want to slay him. And they need a better team than what they had last year to do it. And I I doubt that they're done. They may be done in this first wave, but they're going to keep spending and they're going to keep trying because they ultimately, Shereen, want to beat Tom Brady. Yeah, and Mike, they still need moves at receiver, right? We know they didn't have that many weapons. They now have gotten a tight end who they think is going to be really good in this offense, but they need receivers. And that maybe has been the biggest surprise to me today in free agency, and maybe it's because there's so many of them out there. But we haven't seen, right, Mike, a, a big-time, big-name receiver go in free agency yet. They're all still out there. So I'm not going to put it past the Patriots to sign one or two of these receivers who are out there. Well, and the problem continues to be what value can you fairly put on a Kenny Galladay who didn't play much last year? And you can write it off to he wasn't happy with his contractual situation. He wasn't happy with the offers he was getting from the Lions, so he wasn't going to push it if he had a hamstring issue and he was going to keep himself healthy and ready for the market. And with Juju Smith-Schuster, I keep coming back to the fact that he's not a number one receiver. I see these huge numbers get thrown around for Juju, but – you got to have a number one. You can't make him number one. So if you have a number one who's already under a veteran contract, it's going to be glaring if you pay Smith-Schuster $12, $15 million per year, whatever it is that it's going to be in the final number. The only way that it makes sense is for a team that has a number one firmly established under a rookie contract and can't be paid a second contract yet then it's not glaring. It's still glaring, but there's nothing anybody can do about it. And that may be why the Raiders are in the mix. I know Miles disagrees with me on whether or not Henry Ruggs is a number one, but you treat him as a number one because he's got the speed to draw double coverage and he's got the potential to become a guy that truly is your number one wideout. And then Juju is is your number two. So that, I think that's the practical challenge. And, it, and look, if, if, if I'm the 
Patriots. I, I don't know that that I trust my evaluation of any receivers. I, I think given their history, I'm tempted to do the George Costanza, pick the opposite path of whatever it is Bill Belichick thinks is the right way to go because we've seen time and again they, they've they've not done well when it comes to receivers, especially young ones. Veterans, yes. Young ones, they, they, they just don't evaluate them well. So free agency would be the way to do it if there's guys they like. But I think that may be the area, Shereen, where they let the market soften and then make moves at guys who are left over and willing to do one-year deals. And, you know, a guy who might fit them perfectly is the guy who played with Cam Newton, who I think is unsung probably in this free agent class, and that's Curtis Samuel for what he brought to that Panthers offense. People don't talk about him a lot, but, I mean, he can run the ball. He can obviously catch passes. That's what he does best. But he worked well with Cam. So I think he's a guy that, that maybe you're right, maybe the market sets a little bit, and then maybe he's a guy that a team like the Patriots could go after and get, who I think could be really good. Now, I don't know that he's the number one receiver, but I think he could be good in your mixed core group of receivers. Yeah, I, I, uh, I suspect they'll do more. I doubt that they'll do more now, but watch, I, I, I'm constantly checking Twitter and the text messages we share and other text messages I'm getting to see what's next. But they've done plenty. They've done plenty. And they've burned up a nice chunk of that cap space they had available. But I think they will eventually be doing more. One thing they won't be doing is keeping guard Joe Tooney a year after he was franchise tagged by the Patriots. Tooney, a five-year, $80 million deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. This is something that the Chiefs desperately needed after what we saw the offensive line do or not do in the Super Bowl with the departures of Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz. Now it won't be that photo we saw last week of Patrick Mahomes by himself with 11 guys on the other side. It's Patrick Mahomes plus one as they get Tooney. And sometimes that's just what you have to do. You have to spend market value to go out and get a guy that's going to go a long way toward keeping your quarterback from getting thrown around like Mahomes was or keep him from having to run around to the point where he develops a case of turf toe, Shereen. He was one of my favorite guys, too, Mike, in this free agent class. He played almost, he's played almost 100% of the team snaps over the last five years. And I know he hadn't made a Pro Bowl. I get that. But I just think he's been really good. Now, my problem is a lot of these offensive linemen, who, we look at Nate Solder and what he's done, a lot of these offensive linemen who are really good in New England haven't been so good when they've left New England. So we'll see what he does. But I like this signing right now for Kansas City. They are rebuilding that offensive line. They need to make it much better. They need more moves there. They've got to find more players on that offensive line who can, who can block against good pass rushers because – that, to me, is what cost them a Super Bowl victory, was not giving Patrick Mahomes time, and it's why it was important for the Bucks to re-sign Shaq Barrett, which they did today. So they've got to do something offensive line-wise to, to improve that unit. And back to the New England Patriots, as suspected, and contrary to my prediction, they would take a rest here. There are reports from ESPN that the Patriots are closing in on a deal with 49ers receiver Kendrick born so not a big ticket big money transaction presumably but doing what they have to do to address a position where there are plenty of weaknesses and again far better at identifying receivers who have proven it elsewhere versus developing their own guys via the draft that is where Bill Belichick of all the things he's done well that is one thing he has not done well we'll stay in the NFC not in the NFC but in the AFC West Shireen Chargers 
making Corey Lindsley the highest-paid center in the NFL. That's a huge loss for the Packers that we anticipated. Huge gain for a Chargers team that has every reason to give the best quality of protection to young quarterback Justin Herbert. Yeah, another team that's rebuilding their offensive line. This is a good place to start. An all-pro player at center now for Justin Herbert. We know that was an important position for the Chargers in the past, and, and they've addressed that, and they've got them another all-pro center to, to step right in there. So I think this is a good move for the Chargers because I see this team, Mike, with what they did last season underachieving. They're only a couple players, in my mind, away from contending for the division title. And maybe it's like two years ago when they went 12-4 and and couldn't win the division title, but we're right there. But I, I think this is a really good team that's going to contend in future years. I, I just love this team, and I love the moves they made so far. I, I still believe that trade from, was it six weeks ago, seven, maybe six weeks ago, the news of the Matthew Stafford flip-flop for Jared Goff yeah. that becomes official on Wednesday at 4 Eastern. I remember one of my first reactions was the Rams know that the Chargers are up to something. And even though they only play each other once every four years in the regular season, obviously they'll play every year in the preseason because the travel expenses are zero for two teams who share a stadium to square off in a preseason game. But the Chargers are, are going to be legitimate with Justin Herbert. And then they pick up Brandon Staley as their head coach. The Rams know how good he is. This is a systematic effort by the Chargers to, to become competitive with the Rams, if not the dominant team in L.A., and they've got some good teams in their own conference and specifically a division in the form of the Chiefs to have to contend with. I think the Chargers are going to keep getting better and better, Shereen, and I agree with you that this will help them. I, and and I, I don't want to fall into the trap of praising every one of these moves. I don't want to be like the yeah. analysts are on the first day of the draft when every pick is a great pick and every guy is going to be a star. We know that when we look back on this free agency class two years from now, we're going to say, oh, boy, what the hell were they thinking about this guy? What were they thinking about that guy? But this is what we have in front of us. And these teams all have a plan and they're executing their plan and they're doing what they have to do to get better. And I think this year it's it's less about. We have cap money to burn. We have money we have to spend under the CBA. Let's go out and sign some guys that we can use to create excitement and sell tickets. I think it's more about football this year because of the cap and cash crunch than it is in a normal year. So th these seem to be very well thought out moves aimed at making football teams better, not selling tickets. Yeah, and I'm with you, Mike, because I always go back to that Eagles team in 2011 when Vince Young declared them the dream team, and we know what happened. The Eagles went 8-8 eight and eight that year. They were far from being a dream team. So this is not the way you build a roster. It's through the draft. But I do like moves like the Chargers when, when it's one player, right? You focus on one guy that you think can make you better, that can get you perhaps over the hunt, hunt. Just God, I sound like Sims now. Hop. Uh, <laughs> 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 but for giving Justin Herbert just a little bit more time will help him, I think, develop as a quarterback. So I do like those teams that stand pat and let the market reset, and the teams that re-sign their own players. I absolutely love what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done so far. In re-signing their own players, I think it gives them the best chance, Mike, to repeat. Yeah, let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We knew that, number one, 
They are keeping Chris Godwin via the franchise tag, so they have their top receivers. Number two, they sign Levante David to a two-year deal. He'll be next to Devin White for the next two seasons, and then once they give Devin White a big payday, that's probably when Levante David goes elsewhere unless he takes a lot less. And now today, just after noon Eastern, one of the first moves that was announced, and obviously this one involves no illegal tampering, although it does, here's what I believe happened. When we saw the news that Shaq Barrett is staying with the Buccaneers right as the clock struck 12, my interpretation and others in league circles agree with me on this. The Bucs had an offer on the table for Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett, through his agent Drew Rosenhaus, had shopped that offer to all other teams, and they knew what else was out there, and the Buccaneers made it clear The moment 12 o'clock Eastern rolls around on Monday, March 15, if you don't take this, we're going to start calling other agents who represent other pass rushers, and we're going to use that money on them, and this offer is going to be gone. And I think that's why Barrett took it when he took it, because there is every year urgency. We got to know what you're going to do, because if you're not going to take this, we're moving on to the next guy. And for the Bucs, plan A was keep Shaq Barrett. We got to know what you're going to do. And if you're not going to do it, we're moving on to plan B. And with so many pass rushers this year, Shireen, by 1230, 1245, 1 o'clock, the offer would have been off the table for Shaq Barrett. And maybe the Bucs would have had two guys to come in and fill the void created by Barrett's departure. And you alluded to this, Mike, when the Bucks franchise Chris Godwin, that they likely were going to sign Shaq Barrett to a long-term deal, and that's exactly what happened. So it was huge of them to keep both Godwin and Shaq Barrett, which I didn't know that they would be able to do. I didn't know if they would be able to do that. But we both said Shaq Barrett is the most important player the Bucks need to keep, and if they don't keep him, they've obviously got to go out somewhere and find a pass rush. He had four sacks in their last two games. That's the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. He also had eight quarterback pressures. So he was huge to that defense and, and a reason. I'm not sure the Bucks win the Super Bowl without Shaq Barrett and the way he played in those last two games. So it was crucial for them to keep him or to find a replacement or two as pass rushers to replace him. But huge that they were able to keep him, Mike. That's not the full band being kept together, though. That's just Barrett. And David and Godwin, they still have work to do. Leonard Fournette, what's he going to do? Uh, running backs don't get paid a ton of money in free agency, and he's kind of a part-time guy. Now, if in, in Tampa, Ronald Jones is the, the other guy. They've gone back and forth as to who the top guy is in that backfield. But if another team says, we want to make Leonard Fournette our workhorse, you wait and you see if that offer comes in, and that would be the kind of thing that you get for Net to leave. Then you have to see what Indomitian Sue is going to do. And then there's Gronk. I thought if Gronk plays for anybody, he's playing for the Buccaneers and, and staying attached to the hip with Tom Brady. But Gronk said on the Kyle Brandt podcast that he's going to dip his toe into free agency and see what's out there. And he's got every right to do that. And I don't know what the best fit for Gronk is from a football standpoint. I think Las Vegas is the ideal fit from a lifestyle standpoint, but uh, interesting to see who, who else takes that seriously and makes a real offer for Gronk, because it's one thing for Gronk to say, I'm going to see what else is out there. It's another thing for teams that are out there to take that as a serious indication he'd leave and not just a way for him to leverage the bucks to pay more. 
I'm going to be surprised, Mike, if he leaves Tom Brady in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just think he sees that as his best chance to win another championship, which is really important to him, and to play another season with Tom Brady. So going to be really surprised. I, I think he's probably just trying to get more out of the Bucs. Now, I don't know that the Bucs have more to spend, right? Because they've already spent a huge chunk of change now franchise tagging uh, Chris Godwin and, and signing, re-signing Shaq Barrett. So there's only so much money to go around. So maybe they don't come to an agreement simply based on money. But I think there's more important things to Gronk than, than money. And I think he showed that coming back and playing this year with Tom Brady because I truly do think he was retired and planning to stay retired until the opportunity came to rejoin Tom Brady with the Buccaneers. So, you know, I think he ends up staying there, but it is interesting that he's going to test the market, supposedly, Mike. I, I don't think he's going to find anything significant out there. He was used primarily as a blocker for most of the season. He was running in mud for most of the season. Part of me wonders, based upon how spry he was in Super Bowl 55, whether it was some sort of a rope-a-dope but he's not the guy that he was a few years ago. He's not going to get huge money in free agency. And he has a very specific and narrow role, which entails just using him judiciously most of the year and ramping up his involvement when the playoffs roll around. Otherwise, he's going to get injured. We've seen that time and again. So I think it's going to be the Bucks or no one. I thought that also for Antonio Brown. We haven't heard anything about him. Remember, there were other teams last year that were tied to Brown. Russell Wilson has clamored for Brown in the past in Seattle. And now that the Josh Gordon thing seems to be over and done, maybe they pivot back to Brown. The Ravens from time to time will clamor for Brown. I think Des Bryant was the Ravens' way of creating a peace offering to the locker room last year when guys like Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown, Antonio Brown's cousin, we're politicking for him to join the team. And then the Packers get tied to Brown from time to time. So I don't think that's a 100% done deal that he plays for the Bucks or no one in 2021. Now that he's got a ring and now that he's kind of stabilized himself, the question becomes, is there another place he can go and be successful and be more involved, especially with them keeping Chris Godwin around? That, that keeps Antonio Brown yeah. down on the depth chart. The challenge, though, is, Shireen, to have a quarterback – who has that same Svengali, or if you prefer Svengali, influence on Antonio Brown that Tom Brady did. Because Tom Brady, the first guy, really since Mike Tomlin, before we knew what a problem Antonio Brown can be, to get through to him and keep him from giving in to his, his uh, inclinations that could cause trouble for him and for others. Yeah, no question about it, Mike. Tom Brady is a calming influence on A.B. We saw that as Mike Tomlin was. So, again, another one I think ultimately ends up back with Tampa because I just don't think he's going to find a market like he thinks he's going to find the market for his services. I mean, we saw that last year. Tampa was his best option last year. But you know, Mike, who might be the most important guy for the Bucks now to keep is Ryan Suckup, right? Because they have depth at re receiver. They have depth at tight end. They don't have another kicker, and we know the kicking problems they have through the years, and they solved it this year with Ryan Suckup. They need to make sure they re-sign this guy. Oh, or they could just use a second-round pick on a kicker. That works out well when the Buccaneers do that, right? <laughs> yes. Trade up, get a kicker that yeah. way. By the way, this Kendrick Bourne thing is confusing, and, th and this is what happens when somebody reports something on Twitter and somebody else tries to repurpose it, and they do it maybe not 100% accurately. 
Bourne isn't done with the Patriots yet. He's talking to the Patriots and others, according to ESPN. So it may not be that the Patriots will be signing someone else while we're still on the air today. And remember, none of these deals are official until 4 o'clock Eastern on Wednesday. The players can back out. The teams can back out. The most significant one that comes to mind for me is Frank Gore several years back had a deal with the Eagles and then said, no thanks, went to the Colts instead. Now, that creates hard feelings, but and it's a bad look. It's a bad look for the agent, especially. Oh, Anthony Barr did the same thing. I forgot about that. He was going to the Jets. He backed out. It's not done till it's done, but at least for now, all of these deals are being reported, Shereen, as if they're done. And, and I feel like if we don't issue the caveat, that's when we walk right into the the, the 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 doorway that hits us in the face and one of these deals falls apart. Yeah, we had the Michael Brockers deal last year too that was really weird, but I think it was the Ravens pulling out of that one, right? Because they couldn't do the, the physical and all that and he ended up going back to the Rams last year. So yeah, these deals aren't done until they're done and they're not quite done yet, Mike. All right, we're done, but just for a couple of minutes when we return some more free agency news. Impar- apparently, Tom Brady makes his telephone number a free agent. We'll try to explain that when PFT Live continues. Or not PFT Live. Wait, I hadn't done that in a long time. It's not PFT Live. It's PFT PM. <laughs> we'll be right back. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hey, what's up, everyone? So this is a real first for me, but I've been talked into giving out my cell phone on the Internet. So listen, rule number one before we get into any of this, no texting on game days. What a crock. I, I love Tom Brady. He's the greatest quarterback of all time, but he's not giving out his personal, personal cell phone number. This is some dummy account that's been set up so people will do that instead of send him mail to the extent that anyone sends mail. That's all it is. I mean, it's going to be like Jim Carrey and Bruce Almighty with all the text messages that come through. He gave out the number. It's not like he's walking around with his phone and he's going to look down and see that he got a text from Jim. No, that's not how it's going to work. And I, I, it's, 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 I, and I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he assumes people are smart enough to get the joke. 
one thing I've learned about being in this life for 20 years and interacting with people on the website and on Twitter and elsewhere, there's a distinct percentage that isn't going to get it and actually believe, Shireen, that it's real and they have a pipeline to Tom Brady. Yeah, and by the way, the voicemails are full if you want to call the number and leave a voicemail. It is absolutely full, so you probably want a text message. Wait, other than have that. you done it? I was given... No, I haven't done it, but I, I read where one of the New England reporters had done it and said the voicemails are full. So I did not call it, no. But I had a Tom Brady number from way back a long time ago. I don't even know who gave it to me, but somebody said, hey, if you ever need Tom Brady's number, here it is, just in case. I've never called it. And it, so I checked it. I was like, yeah, I wonder if it's the same number. I checked it was a different area code. So I don't even know if the Tom Brady number I have is still good. Maybe I should really call that one and see if I can leave a voicemail on that one. I bet there's also some sort of algorithm that's built in. So you don't automatically get a response, but it comes like, you know, like it shows the three dots for a little while to make it look like he's actually sending you a response. And then after about 50 seconds, you get some response that has your name built into it and some, you know, like plausible, actual, oh, just sitting here, you know, eating dinner with my family. (laughs) Hey, thanks for texting. Uh, Have a good evening. I just, I, 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 I I I can't I I can't help it. I think the guy's a great quarterback, but some of this other stuff I just look at and say, how dumb does he think people are, Shireen? <laughs> yeah, no question, Mike. I'm gonna pull the curtain back a little bit, though. This is kind of along the same topics. NFL players have two phones. Almost all of them have two phones. One of them is for their close friends and family, and the other one is for media and whoever else they give it to. You know, So if they have to give a phone number, say they go to some restaurant or whatever, give me a phone number, it's not their real phone number, right? It's, oh. it's a secondary phone. So most NFL players do have two phone numbers. Now, I think this is completely different than that. But I just pulled the curtain back a little bit on, on normal NFL players. The big names, anyway, all have two phones. Yeah. We'll pull it back even farther on some NFL players. They've got a third phone, but that's a yeah. different story altogether. Yes, they do. Uh, all right, uh, more <laughs> NFL free agency news. The Lions re-sign edge rusher Romeo Aquara to a three-year deal. I think I saw thirty-nine million. Would have been awkward if they'd let him go since they drafted his brother last year. But uh, Okwara is sticking around in the new regime. Apparently, he falls on the right side of the will you bite kneecaps question. So he stays with new coach Dan Campbell, Shireen. And I think this is probably what he wanted to do so he could stay with his brother, Julian, who they did draft last year. And he had a career year last year, 10 sacks. Again, I love it, Mike, when teams re-sign their own players who they think are important to the building process. And and they thought he was important to them and and re-sign. I think it's a good re-signing for them. So I like when players stay where they are and and the team sees them as a valuable uh, player to to build around. And I think he's a core part of this, this Lions rebuild. And this is another one of those. The Lions had an offer out there. They were going to move on at some point. Okwara, based on what he was hearing through his agent before the period opened today, and then they let it expire to a certain extent. Not much. These things were happening fairly quickly, but it wasn't as quick as Shaq Barrett. Either way, he knows that that bird in the hand is the best deal he's going to do. Did he take less than he could have gotten somewhere else? You're never going to get the truth because it's not like anyone's going to publicize the alternate offers. But you have to make that 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 decision as to when to strike because if you overplay your hand you end up with nothing and that's why it's important to have a good agent who can guide you through where you have you know that there is no guesswork involved with a good agent there is no 
you'll find out what's behind door number two later. You always know what's behind door number two before you make a decision on door number one. And for Aquara, the decision was take what was behind door number one and remain with the Detroit Lions. Same thing for Brandon Graham and the Eagles. Brandon Graham, one of the heroes of the Super Bowl 52 win over the Patriots and Tom Brady. He made that big sack that forced the fumble that clinched the game. He's sticking around on a one-year extension. With all the change in Philly, it's weird to see someone staying, but Graham is longtime member of the team, and he's going to be there for one more year. So uh, again, Shirley looked at what else was out there and decided his best interests were to stay put, Shireen. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. And you know what? I didn't realize he's he's played in Philly for so long, 11 seasons, 59 sacks, important part of that rebuild in, in Philadelphia. But one thing I didn't realize until I started looking at his numbers, made his first Pro Bowl in 2020. It seems like this guy is an annual Pro Bowl player. It seems like he's been better than that to make a Pro Bowl because, we, as we know, most players make multiple Pro Bowls. I mean, you just throw them out there over 100 in most years. This year was a little bit different. But I think it was meaningful that he made the Pro Bowl this year when, when we didn't have all those extra players. But important part of that defense in Philadelphia, Mike. Yeah, that's one of the most meaningful Pro Bowls you can make when there's no way you made it because of Super Bowl replacements or injury replacements. You're on the team and there wasn't a game. That makes it even better for a guy like Brandon Graham, although probably given his number of years in the league, he would love to have gone to Orlando or wherever for a Pro Bowl game, especially since it's it's two-hand touch in full pads at this point. Jason Verrett sticking around with the San Francisco 49ers. He was a first-round pick of the Chargers way back when. I remember when they signed Verrett a couple of years ago. When he came in, the thinking was, if he works out, if he stays healthy, we keep him and we move on from Richard Sherman. That that was kind of a given. And it worked out well for Sherman that year because the defense was really good and he made second-team All-Pro and he made the Pro Bowl and he cashed in a lot of the incentives in his contract with the 49ers. But both Verrett and Sherman become free agents on Wednesday. Verrett doesn't he stays put uh, Sherman's made it clear he's not going to stay with the 49ers we'll see what he can find elsewhere Verrett decides not to try to go somewhere else and take the deal to stay with the 49ers he's a guy who can be very very good Shireen if he can stay healthy that's been the challenge for Verrett throughout his career no question Mike it's why he was a first round draft pick and I saw him play for most of his career at TCU and I always thought he was slight you know we like using that word just doesn't have that big build and it caught up to him with the Chargers. You know, in his first six years, he played 26 games out of a 96 possible games, and he just couldn't stay healthy. The one year he did stay healthy in 2015, which is his second season, he made the Pro Bowl, played terrific. And I thought he played really, really well this past season, started 13 games and, and really looked like the Jason Verrett that A, we saw in college, and B, we saw in his second season. Now, they're rolling the dice here, Mike, that he can remain healthy next year, and that's a huge roll of the dice based on his career. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like they got more to do to get to where they want to be in the back end of their defense. The Rams have some work to do on the back end of their defense. Josh Johnson starting safety in one of the defensive captains, heading to the Cleveland Browns, reportedly a three-year deal. Johnson... One of those kind of under-the-radar key contributors, you think Aaron Donald, you think Jalen Ramsey, when you think about the Rams' defense. But Johnson, a guy they would have liked to have kept, but here they are, more than $30 million over the cap, pending whatever moves they may have made today to restructure deals. 
just couldn't afford it. Couldn't afford it. Couldn't afford to franchise tag him if they decided to. Couldn't afford to sign him. He's just one of those guys where when you're paying so much to so many key players, there's certain guys you just have to let walk away, Shereen. Yeah, and he's one of them they let walk away. They obviously have Jalen Ramsey in, in their secondary and, and decided to let him walk. I think it's a good move for the Browns. It certainly upgrades their secondary. It makes them really good now. If the Browns get one of those top press rushers left, say Trey Hendrickson or, or one of those guys, I think this is going to be a good free agency period uh, for the Browns. But this was a good move for them. And I think Andrew Barry, what he's done over the last two years, pretty unsung. But I think he's made some really good moves for the Browns, and they're really b- building towards some great things depending on how Baker Mayfield develops over these next few years. Ronnie Harrison, Grant Delpit under contract, Andrew Sandejo, Carl Joseph, unrestricted free agents. And now with the addition of Johnson, they've got three deep that they can feel good about at the safety position in Cleveland. Elsewhere for the Los Angeles Rams, it uh, was time to apply a restricted free agency tender to cornerback Darius Williams. He's an undrafted guy who had three interceptions last year within the division, had a pick six of Russell Wilson in the playoff win by the Rams over the Seahawks. Uh, Here's what was curious. The first round tender as a restricted free agent for Darius Williams. And I had another executive with another team, not in their division. So this, this wasn't a, you know, we want to make the Rams look bad any chance we can get type of a thing. This was just a fair observation. No one ever signs a second round level restricted free agent to an offer sheet and gives up a second round pick when that offer sheet isn't matched. But the Rams skipped right over the second round tender, went straight to the first round tender. And what's, Significant about that, it costs the Rams an extra $1.5 million at a time when they are desperate to get within the confines of the salary cap. It it just feels like a, a bet that they bought down when they didn't have to, that they could have gone with the lower number and they would have been okay and someone wouldn't have swooped in happy to give up a second-round pick for Darius Williams. So it was a surprise they went that far. You don't see that happen very often with restricted free agents in this day and age. And you know what, Shereen, there was a, I remember watching this very carefully. I don't know, it's, at some point within the last 10 years. I, it's almost like there's a weird kind of unspoken, you don't make offers to other people's restricted free agents. You just don't do it. It's like a professional courtesy, even though if there's any agreement to that effect, it's collusion. Yeah, and we haven't seen it much, Mike. When you start talking about restricted free agents, you just don't see other teams sign those restricted free agents very much. When I saw the first-round tender, I immediately said, why are they doing this? Why are they giving this much you know, for, for an undrafted free agent that signed with him. Now, he's been good. I'll, I'll grant you, he played really, really well last season opposite Jalen Ramsey. But you, it's opposite Jalen Ramsey, right? I think if you get the second-round pick for him, you can use that second-round pick on a cornerback if somebody else signs him. So I, I would have used the second-round tender. I wouldn't have used the first-round tender on him, even though I wanted to keep him and roll the dice that I was going to keep him. If I didn't, I could draft a corner. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, hey, the good news is for a team that hasn't had a first round pick since 2016, that'd be the ultimate irony. If somebody does swoop in and sign Darius Williams to an offer sheet that the Rams don't match, they get a first round pick in a way that we never would have dreamed they'd have a first round pick. They're currently (laughs) on track to go from 2016 to 2024 
without a first-round pick. And, of course, that presumes they keep the first-round pick that they'll have when they are next going to be on the clock three years from now. Sooner than that, we're going to continue the discussion. More uh, big names coming up in Trade Talks, plus plenty more as this Monday edition of PFTPM continues right after this. One thing we saw last year on the first day of the tampering period, negotiating window, whatever we want to call it, we saw some trades. Again, the trades don't become official until 4 o'clock Eastern on Wednesday. But as teams begin to address their needs, one way to do it is to do a trade. If we're not going to get this trade done, then we're going to go to a free agent. So let's get this trade done. We saw some trades on Sunday. A couple of other players whose names are coming up. And let's start with Daniil Hunter, the Vikings pass rusher, who missed all of 2020 with something that started as a tweak in his neck, and that was Mike Zimmer, the Vikings coach, downplaying it. The next thing you know, Daniel Hunter's on injured reserve. The next thing you know, Daniel Hunter's getting season-ending neck surgery. Hunter is unhappy with his contract, and to me, this became a red flag. The moment Joey Bosa got $27 million a year from the Chargers last year to avoid a holdout on the front end of camp, you've got Hunter at 14.4, and this is the, this is the problem with spotting a guy early paying him good, not great money, and him taking good, not great money to push the injury risk back to the team. If he continues to ascend, he's, he's going to want more. And the Vikings have resisted that. And The Athletic reported today he's exploring all options. He may demand a trade. He may hold out. There was also a suggestion he'd hire a new agent. He seemed to dispel that with a tweet that suggested ongoing loyalty to his representation but this is a mess now for the Vikings and this is hardly an ideal time Shereen for Daniel Hunter to be making a power play to get more money because the money's not there like it would have been last year or like it would be next year and there's plenty of pass rushes available in free agency yeah and you look what Shaq Barrett got today Mike I mean he's not going to get another contract right now based on missing the entire 2020 season with that neck injury. Nobody's going to give up two first-round picks, which is what the Vikings likely would want in return. You're just not going to do it. On the Vikings, say, feel free. Go find a sub-team that will give two first-round picks and the deal you want and come back to us and we'll, we'll go for that deal because it's just not going to happen this year based on his injury history and where the salary cap is. It's just not. So, ultimately, I think they have some sort of handshake agreement that you go out and prove yourself again this year and we'll take care of you after this season. But, Mike, I just don't know how else this ends because they're not going to get what they would want for him in a trade, and they're not going to pay him what he wants based on him coming off a neck injury. And even though the Vikings may prefer that that be the case, and they've got him under contract for three more years, they paid him last year and he didn't play at all in the 2020 season. I think the best play for Hunter is, and maybe he has to work through this, right? Maybe he's just venting as he works out because it seems like this entire report is flowing from things that Hunter is saying to other guys he's working out with. And look, we all say things to people that we know that we don't necessarily intend to act upon. Sometimes it it just, it feels better to say it 
It makes you feel better. If you're upset about a situation at work, at home, wherever, with friends, whoever, sometimes you just blow off that steam and then you're okay and you realize your best play is to continue on the path you're currently on. I think Hunter's best play is to continue on the path he's currently yes. on. I, you're, you're, who's going to pay him the kind of money that he's looking for, especially if he thinks he's worth Joey Bosa money? you got to prove yourself healthy and able. No one's going to take that leap of faith on a guy who missed all of last season. He's not getting $27 million, and you're right. Shaq Barrett's getting 17 with the opportunity to go to 18 on a four-year deal. He just he just needs to and, – and look, I'm always a proponent of players getting everything they can, and he needs to think through all of his options and make a good decision, and he needs good advice from his agents on what to do. I just think in this year especially, given the fact he missed all of last year, this is not the year to be making a stand. This is not the year to be threatening a holdout over money. This is not the year – to be assuming that someone's going to give you twice what you're currently making when you didn't play for a full season. And guess what else, Mike? They can't trade him before June 1 because it's $12 million in dead money and they only save a little over $5 million in cap space. So it would be post-June 1 trade. It's just, it's not the right time. It's not the right year. It's it, none of that. And it's not going to happen this year. So he needs to go out and play this year and play well for the Vikings. They need him. He needs them. To me, this is just, it makes so much sense for him to stay in Minnesota, help that defense that was 27th overall last season. They will be better if they can get their injured guys from last year back at full health and playing a full 16-game, well, I guess 17-game season this year. Uh, they will be much better on defense. We'll see improvement in that defense. But they need a Mike, and they also, by the way, if they can afford it at all, go out and find another pass rusher to go along with him. I wonder if we're going to see an uptick in trades that uh, – this is a similar dynamic to what we've seen in recent years with trades that get reported – agreed to informally before the start of the league year and then get done when the league year begins, are we going to start hearing about trades that aren't going to be officially done until June 2nd, especially with the cap scenario this year? We've talked about that possibility with Russell Wilson. There are others where you look at it and say it makes more sense to hold that player until June 2 because that's the moment where you don't take any additional cap acceleration this year you still carry the dead money that relates to any signing bonus option bonus renegotiation bonus for this year but you don't take the rest of it coming into this year I think that may be the next wave where because if there's no offseason program or a limited offseason program who cares if a guy's not available until June 2nd he knows where he's going to be he can start working out with his teammates informally and he'll be ready to go when training camp rolls around. I just wonder whether or not that's something we're going to see, Shireen, starting this year, especially with the cap situation that so many teams have. Yeah, it absolutely could, Mike. And, you know, we've seen some of these trades even not post-June 1, but we've seen some trades now happen that are going to be going to become official later this week. And I think we're going to see more trades than we usually do. And, and we've already seen more, I think, than we usually do at this point. But I think they're going to continue. And I think we're going to see a lot of trades and a lot of differences, especially like you said, there is going to be probably no offseason program. So what difference does it make when these guys are traded? The New York Jets had signed... C.J. Mosley early in free agency a couple of years ago. That great first half of the first week game against the Bills, he, he was dominant, and he suffered a groin injury, and we barely saw him again in 2019. He opted out in 2020. 
they're taking calls or receiving calls or who knows who's making the calls first. E- either way, Mosley's available. The question is, will someone trade for him? This is another guy we've hardly seen play the past couple of years. He's due to make $6 million in base salary this year. This is the second year of his contract from 2020 that was tabled by a year because he opted out. That's not a huge commitment. It's the $16 million next year that becomes problematic. It looks like a $6 million cap charge if the Jets would, would sign him. That's not a major issue or a major problem. There is a ten. I think he earned the $10 million roster bonus last year, and he did. He had a $10 million roster bonus last March that was part of his second-year compensation. Then he opted out in August, so... Uh, if he would go to a new team, Shireen, it would be part of a restructuring. This could be a precursor. If if no one calls up and Mosley says, I'm not redoing my deal, we could just see him cut by the new regime in New York. Yeah, and he was so good with the Ravens, Mike. You know, over the course of his five years, he made four Pro Bowls and was really outstanding. And I could see him going back to the Ravens if there's an opportunity to do that. But like you said, played two games in 2019, didn't play at all in 2020. So he's not going to make probably what he thinks he's going to make after almost two full years out of the league. But if I'm the Ravens, I want him back. He knows my defense and was really good in my defense. Ravens saw Mosley leave two years ago. They saw Matthew Judon agree to terms with the Patriots today. Now multiple reports are surfacing just in the past minute or two. Yannick Ngakwe, who ended up being traded by the Jaguars to the Vikings, Vikings to the Ravens, free agent and signs or at least agrees to terms with the Raiders filling a a hole that has been gaping there ever since Khalil Mack was traded to the Chicago Bears three years ago. So uh, multiple reports in Gakwe to the Raiders as they try to make their defense better or maybe less bad than it's been. Let's take a break. When we return, mailbag time here on this Monday edition. First day of free agency edition of PFTPM. We'll be right back. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, wrapping up this Monday edition of PFTPM, and then getting back to work at ProFootballTalk.com because the news keeps flowing into the night. 
Rob Andrews 77 Shereen has this question for us on Twitter. Where's Trent Williams going to, or will he stay in the Bay? I know the 49ers very much would like to keep him. I've seen indications they're willing to pay as much as 20 million per year. Laramie Tunsil set the high bar for new money at 22 million per year on the long-term deal he did last year. The Bears reportedly have interest in Trent Williams. I think multiple teams will be interested in Trent Williams, even though he's 32. He's a guy who walks right through the door as your starting left tackle and stabilizes your offensive line. I thought the Chiefs may be interested. Now that they've paid Joe Tooney, they probably don't have the money to do it. The Vikings were interested last year. They've cut Riley Reef, although the Vikings need the cap space to make that happen. This is a guy who can go anywhere. The Colts with Anthony Costanzo retired, although the Colts resist making those big deals out of the gates. This is a guy that, that maybe you do what you have to do because you know what he can do for you if you get him on your team. Yeah, John Lynch has done a great job so far of re-signing those free agents. We didn't talk about D Ford. D Ford is going to stay with the 49ers. And we talked about Jason Verrett and some of the other moves that the 49ers have made. I think this is a guy that they're, they've prioritized him to keep him. Sort of like Eric Armstead last year. They let him hit the market to see what was out there for him. He came back into the fold. I think Tripp Williams stays with the 49ers ultimately, Mike. Yeah, we'll see if they can work that out. And absolutely, the 49ers did what they had to do to keep Kyle Juszczyk, their fullback. There are certain players that you just absolutely need on that team in order for that team to be as good as it can be. And even though Williams was new to the team last year, he took over for Joe Staley. I saw rumblings recently, and I think Staley was joking around about possibly coming out of retirement. If the 49ers lose Trent Williams, maybe they'll <laughs> maybe they'll make sure that that was just a joke from yeah. Joe Staley. 24 Collada, as the Buccaneers, would you cut Cameron Brait to bring back Gronk. I don't think no. it's mutually exclusive. You keep both guys, right? You need two. O.J. Howard's going to be gone. He had the Achilles tear, and he's a free agent. You you need you need two guys. Yeah, they, they like having two tight ends. I think you find a way to keep both of them if you can, Shireen. Yeah, and I really like Brayton. I know the Bucks really like Brayton. So, no, they're going to keep Brayton and hope they can be, bring Gronk back. But even if Gronk doesn't come back, Cameron Brayton's on that team, Mike. Very affordable at $6.25 million in salary this year as well. A Red Zone out. Do you see any free agents deciding to opt out for a year rather than take a below market deal? Shereen, that's something you've been talking about. The possibility that once we get to the point where the money's not there, the offers aren't where some of these veterans want them to be, they may just say, see you later. I'm taking this year off. I'm opting out for financial reasons, and I'll jump back in when the salary cap goes up in 2022. Yeah, I think that could happen, and I think a lot of what we see too, Mike, is guys just going, no, I'm not going to sign now. I'm going to wait for an injury to happen at some point, and, and it does. And maybe they skip training camp and come back that first week of the season, but I do think we're going to see some of that. How much of it, I don't know, but the money is not going to be there for a lot of these mid-level range guys that we've talked a lot about, Mike. We always knew there were going to be plenty of guys who get signed right out of the gates. It's how long until it slows to a trickle, and once the money dries up, what's going to be there for guys who thought they were getting more? That's the key, and that's something that's going to be determined as time passes and the dust settles. Last one from Crowned Prince, K with a, a crown with a K or K with a crown. Do you think the Giants will part ways with Jabril Peppers? Uh, I don't think so, Mike. I think they'll end up keeping him. I know he has a a high cap number for this year, but I think they keep him. I think they would have already made that move if they were going to make it. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, looking it up now. They already moved on from Kevin Zeitler, a guy that it surprised people 
they cut and he signed earlier today with the Ravens. Last year of the contract, option year for Jabril Peppers. He was a first-round pick in 2017 by the Browns. $6.77 million this year to keep Peppers around. And I agree with you. If they were going to do it, they'd already do it. And they're not one of these teams that is so desperate for cap space that that 6.7 is going to make the kind of difference necessary to get them on the right side of it. All right. Uh, well... What we'll be doing for the rest of the evening and into tomorrow morning and beyond, watching the wires and working the phones and getting as much information as we can about all the deals that are happening. Shireen, free agency is here. The trades are coming. Drink some coffee. Get some rest. I know those two don't mesh, but either way, we're getting back to work. See you tomorrow. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.